Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up, a talking Texas podcast. Fisher DJ, Nikki Snacks, Kreider, special guest today, Anthony Armstrong, also a fellow Believe host, does Believe in Commanders, and former NFL player, and went to West Texas A&M, not the rivaled Texas A&M Aggies, so he is more than welcome to come in. And <laughs> it's a very – Anthony – you hit me up and you're covering also Texas high school football and in another show and you wanted to talk football. And I want, and I told you before we started, I'm ready to go to school because we cover oh, yeah. recruiting here. We cover Texas Longhorns here. Nick played high school football in Texas, the highest of levels. Um, but we're here to go to class to you today. And you, and you said it like a religion, man. Uh, since you played and what you're seeing now, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen? The, the, the play calls have changed the most. I think when you look at just the way the game is played now, getting the ball to receivers quicker, I mean, you already see in the NFL there's a huge discrepancy behind the value of a running back. But, man, in high school, you know, back in my day, you had to run the ball, you know, try to set up the pass. And now it's pass, pass, pass. And then you might run the ball here or there if you catch them off guard. Uh, so play calls are big. Um, the, the, the seven on seven space is, is ridiculous just yeah. to see that what that has grown into. Um, you know, before back in my day, it was, you play seven on seven with your high school team and y'all travel around and play in tournaments and you're like, Oh, Hey, we're playing against flyer mound or South Lake. And that was their team. Now it's just a whole other group of athletes that have all jumped together on one roster, uh, to go play seven on seven balls. So it's just, that part of it is just so different, man. These these players are so skilled now. Um, that those those two things, play calling and the skill level of the of the athletes, because they're getting some top notch training right now at 16, 17 years old. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I kind of remember growing up. You know, seven on seven was such a huge thing, and I think that my age group was kind of the group that when it really started to really start blowing up. Cause like you were saying, like, I remember the guys that are older than us, you know, they would have seven on seven tournaments here and there. I remember like, yeah. you know, our, our high school played against Andrew Luck at, down at Stratford. Um, and that was like the big news, but then we would have our tournaments down in college station. And like, you just saw these crazy athletes that were just, you know, constantly going out with all the like nice uniforms and everything like that. And it was more of like yeah. a social media trend too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I remember like watching tapes of like, you know, other colleges or sorry, other high schools and other players. And there was a lot of run happy offenses. And I really think that, you know, within the last, you know, 15 to 20 years, the, the play calling of just pass has just been outrageous. I mean, every yeah. school that you see nowadays just airs it out. And yeah. literally they have, they have like throwing in, in receiver camps nowadays, like left and right aired out and, you know, uh, elite 11 and all these camps that just like put such a precedent on throwing the ball. Yeah. yeah. You don't see I mean, that running. <laughs> you don't, you don't, which is, which is, it's unfortunate. I mean, shoot, you started out playing running back. That used to be the position that you put the best athletes, get them the ball, in their hands as fast as possible. They'll go run around the corner and they'll go score. 
Uh, now you just put these guys out at receiver spots. Obviously, I, I made it to receiver. Uh, that's just because I didn't get much bigger. Everybody else got mm-hmm. big, uh, and I stayed skinny and fast. So I stayed outside. But, uh, I mean, if you look at the way the league is now, receiver is a place to be. If you can't throw that thing, go be a top receiver, and you can make yourself a lot of money. So, I mean, I understand. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's nice out there. The weather's nice outside. The rules are are being changed to where you can't hit anybody that much. Uh, and frankly, a lot of DBs can't play press. I feel like uh, if there was some press that was being played, that may change up some of that receiver uh, play, but there's not a lot of press going on. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, maybe some of the top players you're seeing now in seven-on-sevens and obviously in normal 11-on-11s, who are some of the top guys you've seen this year, or sorry, last year, uh, heading into this year, and then maybe some guys you've seen over the past couple of years? Man, man, I tell you, there's – there's a lot of talent, and and frankly, there's so much talent. It's like it's hard to keep up with it, it, it even though, you know, you really should. But I've I've been focusing on where the talent has come from. It, it seems mm-hmm. like there's always swings, right? Like the past few years, it was Houston. Uh, a few years ago, now it's Dallas, right? I mean, UT signed some some cats from Desoto and, and Duncanville, and the mm-hmm. the top players are coming out of this area now. So those are the names that you see. Um, you know, you just got the kid Livingstone out of Lovejoy, so there's some some more players up north. Uh, but looking ahead, I don't, I really don't get too too hard into it because it's, everything's going so fast. You know, I want to wait till the season, uh, see how you actually play on the field and and things get things settled out that way. But where the talent is coming from is, I'm excited that it's coming out of the Dallas area now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what about when you were coming up? Who were, and I, I know Nick, you. You played against Rod Hurd, who we've had on the show uh, in the state championship game. Who were some of the guys you played with and played against uh, coming up in high school football? Man, so I'll, I'll say this. When I was coming out of school, I wanted to go to UT. That was like my top school that I wanted to go to. Frankly, I had no statistics that would even warrant them sending me like a walk-on invitation letter, okay? So I didn't have anything going on. But also in that same time frame, they dra- – uh, not drafted, but signed some of the top receivers in the state and the nation, Roy Williams, B.J. Johnson, and Sloan Thomas. So if you, if you follow UT, you know those names. They were the best receivers in the state. So I wasn't in that in that realm. But uh, when you look at those names, uh, with the running back out of McKinney, I want to say his name was Dante uh, Dante Hickson. I, I want to say his name was. You had oh gosh, who was that? John Tyler. I'm blanking on names here. Uh, he went to UT, played quarterback at John Tyler, but I think he played receiver at UT back in the day. Help mm-hmm. me out with this. We're, 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 looking, we're looking it up. Okay. We're looking okay. up. We're looking Tyler, up. Tyler and Tyler always had crazy athletes, too. I they remember. did. They did. I mean, shoot. I remember, um, shoot, Flower Mount had a bomb receiver. Emmanuel Ogba was out at, like, Grand Prairie. There was just mm. a few talented receivers kind of all over the place. That's back when Louisville just had talented players all over the, uh, over the place that run that option. So uh, who do we have? Uh, what's his name? He's now a – Superintendent, I'm blanking on his name. Play defensive tackle, Brandon. Can't think of his last name. Guy, he played defensive tackle. Went from Bishop Lynch, went to Newman Smith, and went to TCU. Either way, he was one of the top players as well. So, you got me. You got me pulling out names from twenty something years ago now. Right? <laughs> hey man, you you, you look deep. you look good. I thought you were younger than I thought you were younger than you were, man. <laughs> hey man, I'm forty, so I'm going a long way back. I mean. Shoot, rest in peace. Uh, Greg Jones had he was with us. He went to 
he went to Oklahoma State. We had Rob Robert Brooks went to Wisconsin. So we had a couple of the D D one athletes that come out of there. Um, a guy that went to OU, Travis Wilson, played receiver. Um, he was at Creekview. Uh, so you know, there was a few. It wasn't a whole bunch that came out of Carrollton, but there were a few good ones that came out of there. Well, the, let me ask you this though, because we everyone gets very hyped about recruiting the five stars, the four stars, like you know who has the top class. But at the end of the day, it's really all about development. And you talk about how you had statistics that you didn't think UT would offer you a walk on, but yet you end up in the NFL. Yeah. So how important is a development and how, how did you develop from the kind of player that you, you feel when you get a walk on scholarship from the university of Texas to the kind of player that would be in the NFL who had UT seen what you would become probably would have offered you, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. you had to see when you had 800 receiving yards in the NFL that ain't, you know, that ain't no slouch. So yeah. talking about development there from your perspective, man, the, the development side is, you have to realize that where where you're at when you go into college, I mean, you're 18 at the youngest and some, you know, savants, maybe 17 or 16. But frankly, you're going to be 18 years old. You got to be two years out of college, uh, uh, two years removed from high school anyway. So you're going to be 20 years old before you get to the league. You got a lot of time to get to to develop your game. I mean, I, I frankly had to develop in some lower leagues before I got to the NFL, started to learn more from other people who had been uh, at higher levels. Uh, and, and work their way down, just learning how to play the game, run the receiver routes, running routes uh, inside in arena football and and outside as well. So just continuing to be uh, persistent is, is the word and just saying, hey, I'm going to keep chopping wood and all you need is an opportunity. You know what I mean? It, just because you're not a five star doesn't mean that you're not going to make it anywhere. Just because you don't go D1 doesn't mean you can't make it anywhere. Um, it's how you handle that adversity and being able to just keep chopping wood, keep working and keep trying to get better. Uh, you'll find yourself in good positions. That's, that's why you'll, you'll see more. You'll see more of those unheralded guys that are going to have big stories than the guy who's been number one for the past 10 years. You know, you're like, Hey, he's seven years old. He's the best seven year old in the nation. That's a long time to try to yeah. stay at that same level. Right? Like there's a seven year old who probably hadn't even picked up. Exactly. There's a, a seven-year-old who hadn't picked up a ball, hadn't even played football yet, who's probably going to be better than that other seven-year-old. Yeah, and we talk about it all the time, too. The landscape has changed a little bit with the transfer portal, right? You can start out at JUCO, or you can start out at D3, D2, or you know, a, a lesser-known D1 school, and you can find your way to a Power 5. You know, Bama's constantly picking guys up. So is University yeah. of Texas. And you know, you, you can incubate your talent a little bit you know, when, when it comes to playing at the smaller schools. And you know, when you're 18, 19 years old, not even developing just your game, but developing your body as a man. You know, we don't yeah. we don't stop growing as as men until like we're in our late 20s. Yeah, that is fact. And I can tell you coming from a D2 and and, and I can say things are I mean, it's, I mean, 20 years ago. Right. So when I was there, like in comparing it to a D1 program, D1 program, they I mean, the whole athletic side, they have their own meal in the cafeteria and they're going to get top notch food and. On D2, you may not get that much, but that's okay. Uh, I didn't get mine till I went down to Odessa, Texas and was playing down there. They had us eating at all these, you know, uh, restaurants that was on the side of the road, feeding you chicken fried steaks and chicken fried chickens and whatnot. That's when I started really putting on weight. It wasn't really in college, you know, so we didn't have that strength and conditioning program that was teamed up with a nutritional component that was going to help you. Hey, walk in at 160, but we're going to get you out by the time you play 185. Like, I'd love that. Yeah, it took me to it look. Took me to be twenty two years old to finally reach that that status. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like you know, again, 
some of these guys do get other opportunities like going to the D1s that you do have to make the most of. Like, you know, just because you get that scholarship just because you're a five-star, you still have to put on some weight. You still, and we see like we see it with even, you know, guys coming into the league. We're like, hey, that guy's a little light. Like Bryce Young, yes, he's the number one. He's the, He was the top player in college. You know, he's the number one pick. But we're all sitting here like, he's a little short. Yeah, but he's a little slight. Like he does – and he looks like he's put on some weight already. You do have to take advantage of all the programs you have in the NFL and all the programs you have at Alabama. Uh, that's for sure. Um, from the high school football, though, perspective how how important do you think it is for for a university like texas to win the state is it monument is it like the only important thing or like can you can you avoid to you know can you afford to lose the state at times yeah i I feel like personally just the viewpoint is i need i need the ones that are here in texas to stay in texas uh you know selfishly i want them to be in burn orange but if they got to go down and and go to a&m that's cool too, but just don't defect to Oklahoma or right? Ohio. You like... know, you're going a long way from home. You can keep some good ball here. I mean, I think the switch to the SEC should help, you know, because mm. people want to you know be in the top divisions, and um, so hopefully that that helps you know attract more people. But obviously, wins will help too. So uh, it should be exciting down there at, on the 40 acres. But winning the state, if you want to be the team in the state, you got to win. You got to win Texas. I mean, there shouldn't be any, any any reason why another state should have, you know, be taking so many players from, from here. You got to keep your people at home. That's why I love that when Texas is actually winning the state. Yeah, I mean, just like Louisiana, if like LSU better win Louisiana, Bama better win Alabama, Florida and Miami, you know, they better win Florida. So I, I get, I mean, look, we're, we're the hotbed for, for high school football. When I moved from California to Texas, you know, the thing that they always told me was like, one manners learn your manners Two, learn how to play football because like that is that's that's everything and you know i moved to a town in georgetown texas outside of austin that you know it's literally one of those towns that close up shop when you know the big high school games are being played if they're in the playoffs or for the state championship the entire town makes the trip down to dallas to jerry world and supports their their georgetown eagles now there's two high schools you got eastview now as well but um Regardless, I mean, yeah, I, I always hate when we lose recruits in our own backyard. If they go to Lake Travis, they go to Westlake, and they end up going to Ohio State, or they end up going to Clemson, or they end up going to Georgia or, or whatever. And I understand, like, okay, Clemson, they've won their natties, so is Bama, so is Georgia, but definitely not OU. I mean, that's that's like, <laughs> like, what? Why do you want to go all the way to Oklahoma? Like, why don't ain't you nothing stay in Austin. Ain't no, nothing in Norman. Nothing but trouble. Yeah, man. I mean, shoot, stay here in Texas, rebuild something, you know, get back to the top. That that's where Texas is supposed to be. College football is better when Texas is good. Like I agree. when they're in the mix and like actually making some noise, I think it's better. You know, Yankees, Cowboys, Knicks, like yeah. when you're from the top, whether teams. you like them or not, you need them to be good. It, it draws yeah. the eyes. Do you, how good do you think Texas could be though? Like, do you think they're a playoff team this year? They need to be. They need to be. I think you can expect to have some growth from Quinn Ewers at quarterback. I love Xavier Worthy. That dude there is, is just yeah. a straight ball player. Uh, put the ball in the end zone. And he needs to get just, some weight, though. <laughs> he, does, he does, but, I mean, right now, like, right now, just keep running fast, man. Keep running fast and scoring touchdowns. You, you'll get weight put on you down the line, but I think they could be a playoff team. Um, you know, they, they, they're going to need to before they can start trying to get Sar- Sarkeesian out of there. But the talent's there. The talent's there. Now you just need the results to match. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by get them out of there? 
You know, he, you know they're going to try to change quarter, uh, change uh, head coaches if he's not winning. So uh, there's always some drama surrounded by that position because the standards are so high. The standards are so high in UT as it should be. You should expect national titles, you know, conference championships. Uh, and then with making a move to the SEC, Lord knows you don't want to be at the bottom of either one of those divisions looking up at, at you know, the Georgias and the Bamas and you're trying to compete. Uh, you just made this big move. Let OU handle being at the bottom of the divisions to be Texas to raise to prominence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent. And I think with, you know, NIL these days too, and people really, and just, you know, kids in general trying to make as much as they can off their brand, not even on the field, but off the field too, you know, Austin is a place that right now is flourishing and it's a hotbed for people to, you know, move there after their careers. There's so many retired players that live in Austin now that start training programs there. There's a lot of companies that are starting there with their headquarters. Like it's a smart business and branding decision for a young man to move to Austin, you know, rather than Norman <laughs> to kind of either prolong their sports career, but at the same time also get some other experience out there and, you know, be the face of a company and get some money behind you and, you know, kind of get some culture. You might as well. I mean, you have the opportunity to, to, to make some to make some money in in college off of you know your name image likeness and as they should be able to not everybody's mm-hmm. going to get to the league not everybody's going to get to make those you know millions and millions of dollars so you got a chance to make a make a splash where you're at you should do so you should absolutely mm-hmm. do so and you're right sixth street and rainy street and all those is a lot better than whatever <laughs> than Norman. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah <laughs> one two bars there ain't, ain't even close let me ask you a couple of nfl questions though sure. um who maybe the most underrated guy you played with man there's a, a db this this is the first name jumped in my head uh db he's a db coach now for the saints or one of the db coaches sterling moore um mm-hmm. kid that was out of smu and he's played on quite a few teams but he's always been been one who's had this ability to match up with the other team's best player and and perform but like not really get much love for it like I remember I, I, who who was he going to? Timeless, I mean, Julio Jones, who go up against him. Doesn't matter. He'll go in there, play well. He has great technique. He's fast enough to stay with you, uh, strong enough to kind of tr- control a bigger receiver, smart enough because he studies the game. Uh, but he just never got the opportunity to go and be the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was always like, you know, on a roster though. So he was very, very, very productive, but just never got a chance to be the guy. So I feel like, uh, Sterling Moore is a name that uh, is probably underrated. Um, he's he's working on his golf game now, so so that's improving. <laughs> it's, it's it's exciting to see him swing. I, I get jealous to see him uh, get out there and play golf. But yeah, give my vote to Sterling. <laughs> nice, love that. What about what about uh, best uh, best guy you played against? Maybe a DB. Ooh, best guy I played against, man. I, I, I talk about D'Angelo Hall a lot when this type of question comes up. It's it's simply because the way that he plays is a lot off of field. And he's a he's a, one another one of those guys that's a playmaker in a sense that if you throw the ball anywhere within his reach, probably gonna be a pick. Like if if, if you mess up on your route a little bit, he's gonna pick it off. I mean, you saw the four four interception game um against Jay Cutler and the Bears, like that's crazy. I mean, one you keep throwing it over there, like that's Jay, that's Jay Cutler's. Like, hey, I'm gonna throw it anyways. Uh, but to get four interceptions, that's 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 insane. Um, so D Hall was just so talented. You really had to be on top of your game. Some people you can 
you can miss a little bit and still get open, but D-Hall will make you pay. I mean, there's a lot of DBs in the league that don't even have four career interceptions, let exactly. alone, let alone exactly. one. It's pretty phenomenal. Crazy. Crazy. Um, in terms of the the recruits, though, that are that are out there right now, there's still a lot of big fish. Texas has definitely been bringing in a lot of guys, you know, over the past couple of months. It's been seems like almost every weekend we bring in a new four, you know, upper maybe five star guy. Uh, there is a couple of big fish though out there still. What do you what are you seeing out of Colin Simmons? That's the guy that I think we all have our eye on. Colin Simmons, let me see. Here. Out of Duncanville. Okay, see one coming out of Duncanville. That's 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 big because you're gonna get a player in the state. Um, talented linebacker, big guy here. I'm looking up here, making sure I get him. Look at this guy. So I was just looking. Okay. Ah, see, they had him too small on the first search. 6'3", 225. He's going to be menacing. Five-star guy. Talented. When you've got, when you've got the other talented uh, schools like Alabama, Miami, whatnot, you know he can play. Um, and being able to get in here. I got one kid showing up. I'm not going to put him on, him on the show. Got one I'm not going to put him on here. He's got the He's got he's got a different school shirt on. It's my wife's uh, alma mater. Uh, no, Simmons where'd she, where'd she go? Where'd she go? Maryland. She went to the University oh, of Maryland. Uh, she always yeah, they, they beat us a couple gives, times. <laughs> she, they, I know. I was at a game. The game at FedEx Field. I was highly upset. I was like, y'all can't keep playing down to your talent. You got to play up. Um, I think that's what the that's what the biggest issue for Texas was for me. Big time. Yeah, sorry, I got these kids yelling in the back. No, all, all good, all good. Yeah, I mean, I think a guy like him, though, like we saw it last year with Arch Manning mm-hmm. um, and, you know, recruiting Anthony Hill. And I think that, you know, if we if we get a guy like Colin Simmons to, to kind of come into the to the fold, it's going to be a domino effect. And he's going to bring in other guys that he's played with in these All-American games that he's, you know, had, you know, in his locker rooms before. I mean, Duncanville is obviously a hotbed for talent. But I really think that, you know, they have a real opportunity to bring in a guy who can do some recruiting damage for them and also do some damage on the field. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you have him and then you have, you know, I mean, there's so many guys in the state. Like if he comes, like you're saying, Nick, we can get a guy. I think if he if he's in Kobe Black from from Waco, Texas, he's in. For sure, the corner, the cornerback, and then we have, you know, Micah Hudson and uh, Justin Williams is another guy. I mean, look, I'm I'm on ESPN right now. I know the popular site is 24/7. ESPN pulled up, but the top ten recruits in Texas. While we have a couple of nice guys from Florida, two of the top ten guys have committed to Florida. Mm-hmm. Another one to OU, Clemson, and then Georgia. Like we don't really break the list, you know, till deep down there. But if we get Harry Bussey. Adam Timson, uh, athlete, I think we're for him, Kobe Black, uh, Hudson, and Colin Simmons. All of a sudden, we go from not being one of the top teams recruiting in Texas to the top team. Like we're all right. discussing uh, right back where we should be. Anthony, if you're Texas and you're talking to you know the top guys in the state, what are you saying? Like, what are you what are you telling them? What's your pitch? You know, trying not to get them to go to Bama, to go to Georgia, to go to LSU. You know, the number one thing I'm probably putting together is a highlight reel of Vince Young run across the end zone against USC. Yeah. Um, Cedric Benson's, the Ricky Williams. Just give me all of those big highlights and moments and just say, hey, we need you here to rebuild something. You know, they're, those kids are probably too young to remember those things, but their parents know. Those yeah. parents be like, yeah, I remember VY. He was something, you know. So mm-hmm. being able to make that connection will be big. Let them kids know they're going to be a, a part of history. 
Um, mm-hmm. And if they have a chance to get on the field a little bit sooner, yeah, that'd be good too. Uh, it's, it's helpful to be able to look back and show, hey, you got Bijan Robinson, you got some draft picks that are getting to the league as well, because I know kids care about that. Uh, but uh, yeah. being able to show them that there's some history about behind it, but what they're where they're coming into, um, it's not just you know a, a, a nice photo shoot that they're having, but actually a chance to really make something make something you know great uh, uh, like it used to be. Uh, that's what I do. That, that would get me, frankly. If my son was old enough to go to college and, and UT put that up, I'd be like, you got to sign it right now. <laughs> just, just, just go ahead and do it. Yeah, yeah I mean, of, of course, the education speaks for itself, too, and it's a great city, but I'm right there with you. I mean, to be a part of a legacy, to be a part of, you know, putting it back on the map, you know, being part of history, I think that's something that's super important. And we see it all the time in, like, other sports professionally when big free agents go to, like, you know, storied, NBA franchise or a major league baseball franchise, you know, they're signing and they say, you know, I want to bring a a championship back to the city of Philadelphia. I want to bring, you know, Knicks basketball back, or I want to bring a championship back to the Lakers. Like it's the same thing with Texas. You know, you want to be part of that, that revolution that got Texas back to where it should be. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm jacked up. I'm a little jacked up now. Uh, A couple more for you. (laughs) AA. Uh, Top five college football players of all time. Oh, okay. I'm I'm going in in no particular order, um, but and mind you, uh, there these are going to be some from back in my day. But one guy who was absolutely crazy, um, won the Heisman and didn't even go to the NFL with it. Uh, Charlie Ward, he was crazy. Uh, quarterback out of Florida State, yeah, played in the NBA. Dude, Played in the NBA, Knicks. won the <laughs> Yeah, played for the Knicks, right? Believe, for the believe Knicks. host, too. Host of He was show. special. He was special. He, he's on the Believe show? Yeah, he did, an S- and, uh, he did an ACC network show for a little bit. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'd be yeah. over here. I'd get. I'd, I'd probably be over there, like, fanboying out a little bit, frankly. I'd be like, oh, man, Charlie Ward. That's how I was when I was playing. He's a special there. athlete. Yeah, he is. Uh, who else? Um, I got to obviously say Vince Young. I think he was talented. Um, very dynamic at that quarterback position. Uh, you can't forget number five out there at USC. Yeah, he's different. Reggie, Reggie, but, uh, Reggie, Reggie Bush. Bush. He posted a highlight the other day, and it, you just look at it like, hey, this dude is magical. Like You remember yeah. on the NCAA, it was like 0405. Yeah, the cover. Unstoppable, unstoppable. When five was lit up, you could do whatever you wanted to, human, ju- human jukebox, um, you know, another guy that was pretty good, uh, this name comes to mind was Noel Devine. You remember him out of mm, uh, yes. West Virginia? Yes. Yeah. Went to West Virginia. He was a special athlete as well. Wow. It's one I wasn't expecting, but yeah, I'd, for sure. Give us um, one more. I'll give you, I'll give you my favorite, my favorite college receiver of all time, uh, was Peter Warwick. That dude, that dude was the originator of re- cutting back and reversing field. Um, and I can tell you, it, it, it almost hurt my heart when he ran his 40 and it wasn't like a four, two. Yeah. He, when he was like a four five guy, I was like, well, yeah, it works only a four five, but he, he was special I, down there, obviously at Florida state. That was my, one of my other favorite schools growing up. So, uh, so I, feel like, some Warwick. I huh? feel like, uh, Ja'Cory Warwick, he, uh, was, um, a Texas squad receiver for a little bit might be related to him. Cause we used to call him Petey in the locker room. Uh, maybe Man, he's you know what though I, I do want to say something about peter work before he gets to the next couple um 
he's one guy that is con I feel like has been brought up a lot. I could be wrong, Nick, but I feel like he's been brought up a few times, like on our various shows or various clips we've done on social media and all that. Peter Warwick is a guy that's it's brought up a lot. And I feel like he didn't have the NFL career that people thought he would have, being again, being a top five pick. But it goes to show you how dominant and underrated he was or how or has become in college football. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, you just look at the highlights. It, it, it may be on YouTube, but the dude was special, really special. Last two for you: top five players ever from Texas. Top five, top five ever from Texas. No particular order. Wait, um, from you, from UT or from the state of Texas, Josh? I'm, I'm going uh, UT. I'll go UT. Okay, because okay. from the state of Texas, there's a lot. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that's tough. I mean, shoot, you really got to start naming some. Some other cats, but from UT, um, Earl Campbell, obviously, um, Cedric Benson is is definitely on there. Um, who was? I know this. We got a couple of DBs that was that were special. I don't want to put any of them on there. Um, outside at receiver, I think that Worthy could be will be something special. But I want to add him on that list. Oh, other running backs. Well, Vy Ricky Williams, huh? VY. VY, yeah, yeah. Gotta add him in there. Yeah, Ricky's Ricky Williams. You gotta different. add him in there. Oh man. There's so many other names. Um Earl Thomas. Earl was pretty good. Yeah. Earl Thomas. Oh, but then also underrated, very underrated Jamal Charles. Yeah. That's, that's another one. Yeah. That I think I I think I'd have to put Jamal Charles in there above. Uh, Earl Thomas, so a lot of running backs and Vince Young. That's that's that would be mine. I might put Bijan ahead of Jamal Charles, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more recent history. Yeah, Bijan especially. I mean, they're very similar. Very mm -hmm. similar. The guys that can they'll run hard, but then they'll also uh, take off on you if you if you uh, if you give enough room. So, yeah, we, I, I'll oh, take that. It, we like you. We mentioned Bijan Jamal Charles. We didn't mention Prius Holmes, though. We didn't mention uh, Deonta Foreman, who yeah. has ha – Deonta Foreman has the most disrespected season in the history mm. of Texas. Yeah. Mm. Bro, when – he our team stunk. He went absolutely – and was about to break. It's my biggest gripe of ever in Texas football history. He's about to break Ricky's record. And they bring in Tyrone Soups for their eighteen wheeler package, and See? he doesn't break the record. That's like a See? call from up. That's a call from upstairs, being like, "This can't happen." Yeah, that that's. I mean, yeah, yeah. I hate to say <laughs> it, but man, when you get you get to be a little older, and, you, and you're in a few locker rooms and buildings, you're like, "Yeah, that's that's." They didn't need that to happen. They yeah, already uh, like not in this season. They don't want to waste <laughs> it there. Last one for you, man. We ask everybody this. Can you playing, watching anything your whole entire life? What is your favorite sports memory ever? Oh, oh man, these are. I needed to be prefaced on this one because that's a <laughs> lot of digging. Um, uh, my own personal one: uh, first touchdown catch against uh, Green Bay, and and the one in Seattle. Those are pro both pretty good, just because the the, the stadiums were rocking after it happened. Um, but, but once again, beating the drum on VY when he broke out of the pocket against USC and then ran into the end zone, 
that was that was a good moment. I was I was hyped for that one because we at West Texas we had a few you know folks from Cali that that had flown in and transferred, so it was a Texas versus Cali type night. Like it was like man, we betting with Texas, and they like man, we going with USC. And uh, when VY took it across the 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 end zone, the whole state the whole state of Texas was was a winner that night. So those are my three my my two touchdowns and VY's touchdown. Love that. Beautiful man. Hopefully, hopefully the Quinn Ewers and those boys uh, make a new memory for us this season. But those those are some great ones. We'll we'll go check those highlights of you catching those TDs uh, out on YouTube. Anthony Armstrong, check him out on Twitter. Check out his shows. Believe in Commanders is rocking. Going to be another great season for you and Brian. Congratulations on all the stuff you guys have done there. And thank, thank you, you for joining us, Nick Huckamores, baby. Hook <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.